Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to our penultimate Dark Side of the Ring Season 2 review. Uh, this week we're reviewing The Last Ride of the Road Warriors. I don't know why I did that in the Undertaker voice. I don't know um, either. So, uh, so, yeah, next week we're going to get uh, the Owen Hart fall tragedy thing. Uh, so that should be pretty interesting, although I'm not entirely sure what kind of new info we're going to get that. Uh, did you, uh, with the Owen thing, did you, John Pollock had yeah. a really good audio uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. It was about a year or two ago, right? It was a little uh, while ago. It might have been a year. It wasn't more than a year ago. It was relatively recently. Um, it was really good, though. Uh, yeah. So, But anyways, that's for next week. We talk about that. Uh, this week, uh, last ride of the Road Warriors. I'll be honest with you. This is kind of the weakest of the bunch. Um, from a scheduling standpoint, it's interesting. They 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 had this one air right after the Herb Abrams one. Yeah, um, you know, gr- granted, the Herb Abrams one was. Uh, uh, I mean, it was it was drug fueled, but it was about the decadence of his of his lifestyle. Uh, this one also uh, drug fueled, um, and uh, you know, we were texting about it. And it's 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 sad this is the case, but this seems like a story that's probably far too common from wrestlers of that era, uh, uh, you know, worn down by a heavy road schedule, uh, bodies that are bruised and battered, and the expectation is the show goes on, i.e., you don't take a day off. Um, so you got these wrestlers felt a need to self medicate, and when they do that without any sort of doctor supervision. So mixing that shouldn't be going on is going on, and that takes its toll on one's body. Yeah, but there is also you're right. You're totally right. This is this is a story that's been told a million times, and and an added element, and one that's I think a bit more germane here is the fact that uh, 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 Hawk really loved to party, mm-hmm. and Animal really did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was more of a mellow guy, and you have. You know, the, I think the ultimate in this is obviously Ric Flair, mm-hmm. a guy who never wanted to be at home because he loved being on the road so much. It just became his life. Um, and, you know, the the partying that went along with that, <clears throat> that's simply how a lot of wrestlers, um, you know, were able to blow off steam. It's like the adrenaline. I could not imagine. I, I understand. I mean, I've always said I'd never want to be a wrestler. It's the one profession that I'm fascinated by but have no desire to be like I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by comic books and I would always I would have always loved to have been a comic book artist and I still try to dabble in that I've always been fascinated by by movie makers and I've and that's something I'd love to do um, I know you you're uh, you uh, like to fool around with uh, with music mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've had it in your head hey it'd be really cool to be like in a band you know yeah yeah in my younger like, days a, that was that was yeah. that was a goal yeah absolutely right and so, but wrestling is the one thing, and I think you feel the same way. I've never wanted to be a wrestler because I would be injured all the time. I'd be yeah. messed up. But I totally understand from what I've, you know, from anecdotally, when people talk about you go through the curtain and there's that rush, you know, you got all the other people there, whether it's, you know, you're in a high school gymnasium or you're in Tokyo Dome. You know, you got all these people and you, you could manipulate the crowd and they treat you like a rock star, basically. Yeah, well, I think that's the nature of a lot of live performance. And I think, I think uh, wrestling probably has a lot of crossover in that respect to uh, concerts performing sure. live musically. Yeah. Where, you know, granted, it's a different means of, of entertainment and storytelling, if you will. But in, in a concert setting, a really good band who's really good live, 
can bring out a huge emotional response from the crowd. So I understand, you're absolutely right, and I understand why some people, it would be in their nature to want to continue the thrill because mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. you're getting a rush of, you know, your uh, uh, your endorphins Endor- or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. And you're getting that thrill, um, you know, the excitement of the crowd. And for some people to keep that going, uh, you know, that's probably a hard thing to crash from. You know what I mean? And so partying and living it up and especially in the 80s, cocaine. Um, helped keep that rush going yeah. uh, so that they didn't experience the crash. Um, I like to live my life at a completely medium keel with yeah. no highs and no lows. Exactly. You can't crash if you never get too high. That's <laughs> exactly. my philosophy. Exactly. But, I mean, it's funny. Like, even in, in my own limited way, like, whenever whenever we accomplish something that's uh, that's you know something that oh man we couldn't have planned it any better. Mm-hmm. You feel that little bit of a oh, high, you know. I mean, there's there's been times when we've been we've done stuff and it's gone really well, and you feel there's a sense of accomplishment and there's a rush from it. Yeah, obviously, sure. totally, hundred percent. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine what that's like to the you know times a thousand, but I imagine mm-hmm. that's probably what it's like. Mm-hmm. And so you want to keep that going, and you know we've heard that story be told a million oh, yeah. times in wrestling oh, yeah. as well. And here you have it, and I think maybe the more interesting aspect of of road of the Road Warriors is that you had two guys who were so similar. They were so similar, in fact, that they were paired together as a tag team, but one, but they were completely diametrically opposed personalities as it pertains to dealing with the rush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seemed to be the case, and there is you know it's pretty uh, illustrated very cu- clearly in this particular episode where they go at great lengths to detail uh, uh, Hawk, uh, mm-hmm. his, 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 his drug intake, his proclivity towards partying and, and animal himself says, you know, after the show, I'm, I'm more inclined just to go have a nice dinner, go to bed. So I have a good workout the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawk, on the other hand, uh, when they're in Japan, he was apparently partying with uh, members of the Japanese mafia. Yeah. Um, you know, he just, he, he wanted that rush to sustain seemingly mm-hmm. and uh you know between that it was entirely that feeling of being in front of the crowd the adrenaline rush you get from that mm-hmm. um you know they 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 portray him as a bit of a, a wild card mm-hmm. um throughout his early life getting in fights establishing his turf punching himself in the face uh to kind of toughen himself up yeah. in preparation of those fights you know, going out, being a bouncer at, at you know, at, 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 a, at, a, at a bar, a somewhat seemingly notorious bar in the Minneapolis area. Yeah. Um, where they were paid to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just seemed like a, a, a pretty tough guy who, uh, who who got a who enjoyed thrills, whether it be yeah. fighting, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking drugs, going out there wrestling. It just seems like that he, he enjoyed the adrenaline rush of doing those things. Yeah. And, and it's seemingly cause I interview his father and his brother. Um, and it, apparently it extends like way back because in, in high school he was known to, to pick a fight here and there. I think mm-hmm. he was voted like class bully or something. Class which, bully. Yeah. It is like his adolescence. Yeah. Evidently that was something that predated us by about two decades <laughs> because I don't remember. I don't remember there being a class bully in my yearbook. No, I don't think that was anything that was typically uh, uh, honored. <laughs> Celebrated. Yeah, no. Really. No. Um, so anyways, yeah. Uh, I, once again, 
uh, just sort of refresh myself. Uh, I got notes up from 411mania.com. So I like to give credit where credit's due because I wasn't Mm -hmm. sitting there taking notes during this. Uh, Scott Norton was interviewed. Barry Darso was 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 interviewed. Uh, uh, I had a bit of a small interaction with Scott Norton at uh, the last star cast. He just seems like the sweetest dude, man. He's so he mellow. He never met me before. He walked by our booth, just put his hand on my shoulder like that. Just seemed like the warmest, nicest guy. <laughs> Doesn't that make you now a uh, member of the NWO? I guess so. Don't have to <laughs> too sweet anybody. Scott Norton just, uh, just, just touches your shoulder. Yeah, dude. That's it. That's he just it. seemed like the nicest dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's you know he's he's huge. He's still huge and jacked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he always came off as so darn mean on TV. Um, but, man, he just came off as such a sweetheart. I would love a documentary just on Ed Sharkey, the yeah. uh, the trainer. It because... seemed like back in those days, like, you, you, you're doing wrestling training. You, you, like, legitimately fight for weeks or months. And then uh, once they, they determine if you're tough enough to continue, you're like, okay, this is how it really works. Yeah, sometimes they wait until you're in a match or after your first match to tell you, hey, this is – yeah, let me smarten you up. Why is it they were? So, I mean, I get it. Okay, you're protecting the business, but I don't know, man. I still, I feel like I asked my dad. I've said this a million times. Yeah. My dad and Uncle Joe used to go to Memorial Auditorium to check out the fights, the wrestling, the the pro wrestling. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pat Patterson was there. Uh, I forget some of the other names. And I said, Dad, the people do they know it's fake. Yeah, of course we knew it was fake. Yeah. Now I'm sure there's probably some people who didn't think that. How many how many wrestling documentaries have we watch when people go into training and they think it's real? Right. It happens. It happens. And here's yeah. the thing. It's like but I, I I wonder if the training mentality back then, which was, hey, you guys fight. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, we'll show you how to actually, you know, throw worked punches, mm-hmm. so on and so yeah. forth. It was yeah. it was one attitude of several, seemingly. Uh, you know, there's that one dude who poop and put in his armpits and use it in training. Um, <laughs> it's it's a way to uh, uh, determine who's tough enough to continue and who mm-hmm. isn't. You yeah. know, that's what it feels like. If you're tough enough to go in there and actually take a punch, a real punch, not a work punch, uh, you know, keep going with a broken nose. You have passion for it. You have uh, the toughness for it. And then once you get past that phase, then we'll teach you the secrets of the business. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, Eddie, Sh- Eddie Sh- Ed Sharkey is 84 years old. Wow. It always trips me out how, like, the guys who were doing it way back, um, like, so he would have started, yeah, he, when he was 20, it was 1956. So, yeah, he was, like, with Dez and those guys. Like, the guys that are, like, who got started in the 50s, a lot of those guys are still alive. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to the guys wrestling in the 70s and 80s, a lot of those guys are dead. Mm-hmm. That's probably squarely because of coke and steroids, and having um, to work three hundred days a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, so no, that he was, he was, it was. I feel like a whole documentary, and not a dark side either. I mean, I guess, but like a whole documentary could be on Ed Sharkey because you know the fact that he he never even got up when they were training to like show him how to do stuff, like you said. Yeah. It's just a fight, and then you know we'll, we'll teach you stuff. And then he'd get up to leave, and be like, "Don't try to do anything without me here." And yeah. then of course people would get hurt because they did that. Yeah. But uh, Ed Sharkey, yeah, like I'm looking at his Wikipedia entry here has just a litany of names that he's trained. Um, uh, let's see here: Bob Backlund, uh, hmm. Lenny Lane. Uh, I mean, it, th- this this episode of Dark Side really solidifies that uh, 
particularly in the 70s and 80s, like Minneapolis was a pro wrestling hotbed. Oh, my gosh, yeah. How many people either from the area or moved to that area uh, got their start mm -hmm. in that particular time frame? It's insane. Medusa, X-Pac, mm -hmm. uh, Jesse Ventura, Rick Steiner, Eric Rowan, Rick Rude. Yeah, like there's a ton of names here. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of interesting. But uh, but yeah no so it was it was I guess like I I've never known that much about the Road Warriors like you know you know you know yeah I've seen plenty of their matches mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting that I've always found it interesting I mean I've, we've known this for a long time that Paul Ellering was their manager like yeah. not just in front of cameras or in front of the crowd but he legitimately was their manager and he was the guy who said hey let's not commit to one place that was mm -hmm. to me very fascinating that, that was he came up. That he had the idea, hey, you guys are a big deal, and you can be a big deal wherever you go. And it's interesting to see how quickly they became a, a huge deal. So they 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 put them th together. They kind of had a biker gimmick to begin with. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they showed up in Georgia Championship Wrestling, here's the belts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're champions now. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit down the line that they got the shoulder pads and the face paint and the mohawks and all that. And seemingly within a year of their formation, roughly based on the timeline presented here, uh, uh, they were like one of the hottest acts in all of wrestling or traveling all over the world, making tons of money, I'm sure. Um, so that was pretty, that's pretty fascinating how quickly they went from formation to superstardom, uh, to, to more or less being, uh, one of the few acts that, tr that, that transcended territories. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it extended to, to Japan. Uh, they were huge there. Animal talks about uh, uh, making it in the national news, like the national press in Japan, when he slammed Killer Khan, because uh, these are just huge guys. And then that's when they start talking about uh, Hawk hanging out with the Japanese mafia. Uh, so that's terrifying. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they talk a little ahead. bit about. Sorry, they... sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, let's, let's jump ahead to the, the, the most interesting aspect of this is uh, uh, Vince McMahon taking everybody's finisher in a, in, in a, 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 a strip club. So according to according to Brett in his book, uh, everybody and look, I I don't think I'd be able to take a uh, a, 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 a doomsday a, device, a doomsday device, um, even if it was soft. But according to Brett Hart, uh, I read this. He uh, uh, Vince took it. They they gave it to him a bit. So everybody was doling out their finishers in a very soft manner, uh, except for Brett. Uh, I don't think it was a sharp. I forget what it was. What else? What other move it was that Brett gave him? But uh, apparently he took it kind of hard to Vince, and Vince demanded he 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 buy him a drink because of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently a strip club, and, and Vince took all that shit. But I mean, this is one thing we didn't mention. But Fightful had a story just the other day about uh, Rob Gronkowski mm -hmm. and how he didn't want to do that dive at WrestleMania, and Vince did it. Apparently, the same thing happened in the Money in the Bank match. The shooting for that, maybe Son was nervous about that spot, so. Oh, maybe not. Maybe Becky was talking about the the Gronk dive because I think initially the idea was like, oh, Vince has taken that spill. Uh, oh, the Oscar, the Oscar jump. No, no. Well, I don't know what it was, but I think which it one? Was, it wasn't one actually. Sorry. I, I was, oh, I, okay. I, okay. I think initially when it was because Becky mentioned something about Vince doing mm -hmm. uh, a leap or something. So people it was were around the that time of when yeah. she mentioned that it was around the time they'd shot the main the bake match. But then I think Fightful corrected. No, it was it was the Gronk. Okay, the Gronk jump. And then Gronk still didn't want to do it, and it sent it sent set everything Delayed back, back hours, hours and, and stuff, stuff, which is weird. Um, That's probably so, why he left. He said, ah, "I don't want to do wrestling. I'm gonna go back playing football." Yeah, smart move. Um, so, anyways, they talk about. I wish they had talked a little bit more about this 
but they talked about it mainly as a way to talk about how tough these guys were. That uh, Hawk worked that scaffold match with the Midnight Express with a broken foot. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish they had talked about the fact that everybody blew out their knees in that match. (laughs) Oh, what a mess. Uh, Terrible idea. Terrible idea. Yeah, just, yeah. God, watching Jim Cornette fall. Uh, Blow out both his knees. Um, They talked about uh, SummerSlam 92 at Wembley Stadium where uh, Vince apparently was was going over the match with them, and and Hawk was like, no, we're going to do it this way. Apparently he was on some sort of hallucinogen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. they were in some sort of initially some semi-main event, uh, but so they got bumped to the first or second match on the card against Money, Inc., mm-hmm. and then Hawk uh, proceeded to try to do that match inebriated. Yeah. Uh, Animal said, we can't do the finish. Uh, because he's going to fall off the top rope, and they show footage of Hawk just kind of lingering in the middle of the ring. Oh, seemingly while Animal's trying to orchestrate the end of the match. He's an absolute disaster. And then, and then when he gets the pin, Hawk just goes. Well, like he, he Hawk, when he realizes what's going on, he goes back to the apron <laughs> to get out of the yeah. ring for the pinfall. See so the pinfall happens. He gets back on the ring. And yeah, <laughs> celebrates. Uh, I like that. Uh, uh, which one was it, Hawk? was a big fan and it wasn't he-man because the legion of doom was not in the he-man lore the he the uh, the legion of doom was the 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 justice league from super mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. so uh contrary to paul ellering believed hawk was evidently a fan of the super friends which is kind of funnier than being a fan <laughs> of he-man <laughs> well maybe he's a fan of both yeah, you know, he could have been. He totally could have been. I mean, he was maybe he was just a Saturday morning cartoon guy. Yeah. But the Legion of Doom was totally Lex Luthor's uh, band of misfits. Yeah, that was. That was. Back in the Legion of Doom. Yeah, right. Those were my favorite shows growing up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so they, they say essentially the uh, that Wembley show was kind of the end of the first phase of the mm-hmm. Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom. Um, uh, as Animal to- tells it, uh, one of the first shows after the Wembley show was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, Hawk no-showed that. Uh, called Vince's secretary, said he quit, and then he went off to Japan uh, and formed a new iteration of the <laughs> yeah. Road Warriors with a new partner. Yeah. Animals in the States like, hey, hey, this is our gimmick, man. What are you doing? That was that was actually kind of funny because it's like, you know, Larson moves to Japan and finds like a NWO Japanese Steve guy. <laughs> hey, man. That was kind of funny. Um, um, and then it's you know I, I don't know if they had any reunions because they didn't mention it in 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 this in this episode right but they more or less in the, in the narrative of this episode say the reunion came about I believe in 1997 in mm-hmm. WWF with uh, uh, LOD 2000 uh, when Draws was the third member uh, I'm guessing one I guess Vince really wanted to do that story about Hawk having substance abuse issues on TV yeah. two. Uh, probably uh, Draws was introduced as a bit of an insurance policy should oh, Hawk's yeah. uh, substance abuse issues uh, come to a head again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember, I mean, that's when you and I were totally watching. And even oh, back I remember then. That, I remember that fall off the top of the Tron, man. Yeah, even back then we were like, this is tacky as hell. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. back then we were like, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess with Vince, it's like you never know what's going to work and what isn't, what people are going to respond to and what they won't. Because there's plenty of tacky stuff that totally worked back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a bit much. Um, you know, there, there's storylines that, especially when someone is, going through substance abuse issues and it's exploited for like even today like whenever someone brings up jeff hardy's substance abuse issues which is like all they do now yeah in promos 
I still cringe about that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like I just feel like some, you know, like some stuff that's that some stuff hits a little too close to home when you're trying to exploit it for storyline purposes. Um, especially with Jeff and, and and hopefully he's in a good place now. Um, but you know, considering the issues he's had with that, I just I just worry for him that constantly being brought up it would be a source of potential anxiety. I just don't I don't know. But it always I don't know it makes me makes me feel uncomfortable. No, I I, I feel you on that. I mean, one of my things about that is, uh, I mean, geez, it's been less than a year that Jeff Hardy was last arrested. You know, so it's like this is still like an ongoing thing. It's still pretty fresh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 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 with you on that one. On top of that, with me the Jeff Hardy thing, it's just so unoriginal. I know. Like they did that in 2009 with CM Punk and him. Yeah. Like we don't need that again. We it's 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 boring to me at this point. And on top of that, what you're saying, it's just kind of cringy because it's like, man, this is like an active thing this guy is probably still dealing with. Yeah. It's just too. It's easy. It's lazy, and it's just I don't know. It's not interesting to me. No. I liked when Randy Orton was sticking a screwdriver in his ear. I thought yeah, that, that was, was fun. Interesting. That was um. So uh. So yeah. I mean, like I said, this was. I don't know, probably the least interesting one because it did it familiar. It, it, it told such a familiar and sad and, you know, in a very much sad story. Um, but I, I was like, man, I was kind of looking forward to it because, you know, I didn't know a whole lot of history of the road warriors and cer- certainly you get that. Um, but I do feel like it focused a bit too much on the dark side aspect, which is the name of the show. Um, as it pertains to, you know, uh, Hawks, uh, drug issues and, and his death. Um, I'm not sure what else they really could have done to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's a familiar story. It's a sad story. And I, I mean, I do, I like the stuff that like, even, even I was really looking forward to the Herb Abrams one and that one, it was like Wolf of wall street. I'm like, at a certain point you get, you know, numb to how much cocaine they talked about. And that to me is like the least interesting thing because yeah, it was the eighties. Everybody did that. Well, early nineties, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to next week with uh, with Owen Hart. Um, so like even even watching the the out of focus recreation footage from the Owen Hart one is hard to. It's tough, man. It is. It's really it's tough. tough. Um, and you get, you know, with the John Pollock thing, you know, there's plenty of quotes in there, but to hear it, the story be told, and I'm sure they're going to have Jr. because Jr.'s appeared in these before, and Jr. was yeah, obviously I be right surprised. there. I won't be surprised. Um, I doubt Lawler's going to be in it because he's still contra- uh, contracted with the WWE. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, this is it's it's going to be a pretty sad one, and and we'll see if there's any new information. There's already so much information out there with regards to yeah. the Owen stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, so uh, that'll be it, and then uh, we'll figure out what we'll uh, do on uh, Sundays from there. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, we appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. 
It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.